From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. It's Wednesday, December 29th, and I'm in the studio with Justin Higginbottom. Hello, Justin. Hello, Molly. So we're doing best of KZMU News this week, last week of the year, and we're kind of reflecting on our time in 2021 here at the newscast. And one thing I wanted to highlight was our um, collaboration with the Rocky Mountain Community Radio Coalition, of which we are part. With this particular collaboration, we got a grant from the Solutions Journalism Network. Ten stations got a little bit of money to do reporting around affordable housing solutions um, in our communities. The number of room core stations is much larger than that, but this core group of ten, which we are a part and are so thrilled to be a part, did all this local reporting on um, solutions-oriented stories. Yeah, it's cool. There's The coalition's made up of other towns that are kind of similar in Moab, you know, that have similar problems. And they provide a lot of support, a lot of ideas, um, Mm -hmm. just uh, a great community to share stories with. And I love this story that you did. It was amazing. Thank you. So we each did a story for this collaboration. We're going to hear the one that we did on Walnut Lane in just a minute. Solutions-oriented stories. I mean, I think some people might be familiar with the term solutions journalism, but um, for those who aren't, um, really it does do exactly that. You focus on a solution rather than a problem and then see if it's working, how it's working, if it is, um, you know, if there's any insight that people have gained from doing this particular solution. Yeah, it's a a good change of pace. Sometimes you'll report on just problem after problem, Mm -hmm. issue after issue Mm -hmm. um, without any answers. And so I wasn't so familiar, actually, with solutions uh, journalism and until I did this story as part of this grant. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was good. It was it's great to occasionally provide some hopeful news and highlight where things are working. Where things are working. And I enjoyed, I think for regular listeners of the podcast, you'll probably remember a few stories that we've aired from our partner stations. They were talking about things like vacancy taxes for short-term rentals that could feed into affordable housing funds, um, converting hotels into, you know, housing. I know, I feel like that's such a a slam dunk idea for you know seasonal housing um so we got to hear from like all these communities in our region but here's one of ours um it's on the walnut lane apartments i I think it was the most compelling out of the series (laughs) here's what i liked about it because we were able to get this funding from the Solutions Journalism Network, we were able to hire someone to do some Spanish language interviews, which we haven't been able to do before. Uh, We hired Monica Pinera, who conducted a few um, interviews in Spanish. As listeners to the program may know that a lot of the Walnut Lane residents are Spanish speaking. So this enabled us to go straight to the source. Rosa Gonzalez is describing her ideal home. Rosa is not her real name. She asked us to change it for this story. But her dreams of a three-bedroom apartment for her and her two teenage sons, those are real. My kids live comfortably, but they do say that they would like to have a nicer apartment, similar to the way other kids live. Right now, we live pretty tightly. They're in a one-bedroom trailer in the Walnut Lane neighborhood. Her 16-year-old sleeps in the living room, her 19-year-old in the kitchen. He has a sofa bed there, and I have my little room that gets wet. Rosa explains that when it rains, water leaks right down onto her bed. Her prefabricated trailer is well over 50 years old. 
Maintenance crews have been troubleshooting to fix it. These leaks, issues with plumbing and electrical, are not unusual in Walnut Lane. 37 aging trailers currently house about 85 Moab residents, like Rosa's family. I have heard that they have plans to build some apartments for people who live in Walnut Lane so we can move into more updated and better housing. We want something better. Rosa's landlord is Moab City. And they do have plans to bring something better to this community, many of whom make up the backbone of the tourism industry. Rosa works cleaning hotel rooms. Her neighbors work in restaurants and other service industry jobs. Like her, many are Spanish-speaking immigrants. I really do want people to understand that we value our workforce community, that we value people that are cleaning the rooms and that are serving our meals and that are teaching our children. Moab's mayor pro tem, Tani Knudsen-Boyd. She's speaking to me in a busy downtown area, not far from Walnut Lane. From here, we can see a luxury hotel whose construction displaced residents of a different trailer park several years back. The city's elected officials didn't want that to happen again. So in 2018, when they learned the Walnut Lane trailer park was going up for sale, they intervened. And I think there was general consensus that if it was just put out on the open market, that's certainly another hotelier or someone wanting to build condos for short-term rentals would snap it up. And we also knew that if that happened, they would just scrape the trailers that were there and the people that were living there would find themselves without a home. The decision to buy the Walnut Lane property was celebrated at the time. Applause rang out in the city council chambers when they approved a purchase loan. Uh, Motion passes 5-0. Moab's elected officials were taking a step to safeguard housing for the local workforce. But they didn't want to be a landlord of a trailer park. They wanted to develop long-term affordable housing there and not displace any current residents in the process. I mean, it's obviously been a challenge to figure out how and what that looks like. Caitlin Myers, senior projects manager for Moab City, she spent half a decade working on housing policy in the community. But her main job right now is overseeing the development of what will be the Walnut Lane Apartments. So the project will be built out in three phases in order to meet the city's goal of not displacing any of the current residents. So the first phase will be eight units. It'll be four duplex buildings. So that's what we're working on This is the first time Moab City is acting uh, as developer for its own affordable housing project. They want 80 units of multifamily housing, which would more than double the current density available with the trailer park and be restricted to the local workforce. So I think the fact that the city purchased such a prime piece of land within downtown that will be like permanently restricted for people Mm -hmm. that live and work here. I think that's huge. But general enthusiasm for this project has waned lately. It's been three years since Moab City purchased the trailer park property. They were finally supposed to break ground on phase one of the apartments this summer, but instead terminated their contract with their builder after the company couldn't meet the performance bond requirements. After this setback and staring down a total project cost of $18 million, Some city council members suggested cutting their losses and replacing the old trailers with new ones. Others are still pushing for a longer-term solution. Myers projects the Moab area will need 700 more units of housing by 2030, 
across a variety of incomes. We do need the density. Like we want a, an opportunity to provide more housing for residents that need it. And the only way to do that is to build multifamily housing. Moab City is under some stress as they actively look for a new builder. They have to meet looming deadlines on a multi-million dollar sales tax bond. And unlike other towns with a housing crisis in our region, they don't have a dedicated revenue source for affordable housing development. The thing Park City has that Moab doesn't have is the money. Knutson Boyd again. Park City is on its way to have 800 affordable housing units built by 2025. They've fed their affordable housing fund a number of ways, including requiring developers pay mitigation fees to it. Telluride, Colorado does this too. Plus, their housing fund is buffered by special taxes, including one on short-term rentals. Moab's elected officials did enact what they called the Wahoo Fund several years ago. That collected additional fees for new overnight accommodations. Meyer says they have about $1.5 million in the fund, and they can spend it on affordable housing. But that's all there will be. Shortly after Moab City enacted the Wahoo, they stopped new overnight rentals. We received applications for hotels, and then the city put a moratorium and then eventually removed overnight accommodations. So we kind of shut off that funding source for ourselves. So it's like a blessing and a curse. Moab is working to get new workforce housing requirements in place. It's unclear when they'll be enacted or eventually see a payoff. If they do commit to another affordable housing project in the future, Knutson Boyd says she wants to explore public-private partnerships, where the private sector can shoulder some of the financial and logistical burden. For now, she says it's important to stay focused and ensure multifamily housing at Walnut Lane just gets done. I feel like it really is a necessary project for a couple of reasons. To prove that it can be done, to prove that quality housing can be built and it can remain affordable and it can serve those in our community that need it the most. Rosa says she's looked for other places for her family to live in Moab, but there's nothing available right now at a price she can afford. Moab City is hoping to get a new builder in place by the end of the year and break ground on phase one next summer. Rosa says she'll stay put for now and wait for the new apartments. I have been hearing about the project for so long that I don't believe it's real, but I have faith in God that they will build and that I will benefit from them because my kids and myself need them, and so I stopped getting wet in my bedroom. So that was um, one of our stories that we did with the Solutions Journalism Grant as part of um, Rocky Mountain Community Radio Coalition, of which we are part. You know, thinking about like, okay, what are some workable solutions in our community related to housing? Walnut Lane Apartments isn't proven yet, but I tried to focus on the story about how the city council at the time basically bought this property in order to safeguard housing because they were worried if they didn't buy the property, then it would become another commercial hotel and all those residents who lived in Walnut Lane would be displaced. So it's a partial solution because it's on its way to another solution, which is building even more housing for the residents who live there. And we don't know um, what next for Walnut Lane. The senior project manager is leaving. And, you know, I know that the city council members and the mayor definitely want to figure it out and they want it to get done and they want it to happen. And I 
thought it was important to highlight because so many people um, in our community are either frustrated with this project or don't understand why it's taking so long. And I thought it was important to highlight that this still is a partial solution for our community. Yeah, I think it gave people hope at least. And also like underscores that something needs to happen there because those trailers um, are not in great condition. Right. Um, now, I do want to say, dear listener, that we will link to Justin's solution story. Do you want to say anything about uh, this one? It was Community Rebuilds. Yeah, it was about Community Rebuilds. I think a lot of people in the community are, are pretty familiar with Community Rebuilds. Um, they're a great group that help homeowners or people who would like to have mm-hmm. a home uh, actually afford one. And they build, I thought it was really interesting how they build the homes. They do it in a very energy efficient way, which is especially important in the region we're in. A lot of the older homes, and especially like you were saying, the trailers mm-hmm. aren't the best in the summers and the winters here. Um, and the homes that Community Rebuilds uh, constructs have material that keeps the residents warm in the winter and cool in the summer, um, so lowers energy bills. Um, and it was an awesome project. I, I liked interviewing um, not only people running community rebuilds, but the, the interns, mm-hmm. they have a cool intern program and yeah, visiting their facility. Thanks for doing that story. And we'll link to it in the show notes and we will be back tomorrow with more of our best stories, our favorite stories at KZMU News. <laughs>